Yeah, I think after the first wave, I thought that when it slowed down, that it, that might be kind of where we we're at. But after it's hit now two and three times, you know, you kind of look back and you see things like the Spanish flu of 1918, 1919, and you saw that it went on for almost two years. And you start to realize that maybe this thing's going to last longer than we all thought and that our, our hopes of it being something that went through quick and that was it or whether the warm weather would make it go away. I, you know, I think it's just unpredictable and, and we have to do everything we can with extreme due diligence until it really is gone. That's Ryan Richard. He's a pulmonary and critical care doctor who works for LSU Health in Baton Rouge. Louisiana's COVID-19 hospitalizations over the past month are the highest they've ever been. And on this week's podcast, we talked to Richard about what it's like to work in a hospital ICU right now. I'm Julie O'Donohue, and this is the Illuminator Podcast. Richard graduated from LSU Medical School in 2012 and completed his full training in 2019. What made me want to be a doctor was my father had a lot of medical conditions with me growing up and being around the people that took care of him always made me admire them and uh, what they did for my dad. He specifically had heart issues, so I always thought I was going to be a cardiologist or a heart surgeon. But Richard switched to the critical care specialty when he was a medical resident. It focuses on very, very sick people. And he says he likes the work because he gets to help patients and their families through some of the most difficult moments of their lives. COVID has been stressful, though, and the state has been going through a third spike of new cases. The people that have ended up here in this third wave are kind of in one of two camps. Number one, they're they're surprised, like you're saying, to be here. They they maybe didn't realize what COVID was, or they maybe thought that things were better. And the other camp are people that did everything they were told to do. They've worn masks, they socially distanced, and they've stayed away. And then they've, in a way, let their guard down and just little small things, they've gone out to the community and then they've gotten COVID. Richard gets it. It's hard to take COVID seriously when there are so many people who don't get very sick when they have it. So some of these people have seen people with COVID and have essentially had a, a common cold. And some of them, you know, will go out there and say, it's really, you know, I'm really not worried about it. I've seen a few people with it and it's not that bad. Everybody should probably just get it. And they, they haven't had, uh, you know, the unfortunate of seeing what we've seen, you know, for the last 10 months. And that the unpredictability of this virus has probably been the thing that's caused it to last for so long and caused so much trouble. Richard knows from personal experience how a person can get complacent about COVID-19. I caught COVID at the beginning of May during kind of the middle to, to second half of the first wave. At that point, I had been in the COVID unit for about six weeks, and we had seen these patients every day. And I personally thought that if I've been around it this thick into it, I'm probably not going to get it. Uh, I didn't drop my guard or anything, but eventually it happened, and I caught COVID. At that time, 
my wife and my kids had, had been away for about three weeks and they had lived with her family. And then she decided, look, we can't keep doing this. We don't know how long this will go. So she moved back home with the kids. And three weeks later, I got it. Well, unfortunately, but fortunately, my wife also got it too. And her symptoms were minimal. She had a sore back for a couple of days and a lost her sense of smell and taste uh, for a few days. But that was about it. And, and, and I was a little bit sicker than that. I, I had low oxygen levels uh, for about a week and got sick enough that I was actually coughing up some blood. So just within my family, you could see how, how it could cause minimal symptoms in one person and relatively severe in another. Richard's doctor group has been involved in treating hundreds of COVID-19 patients over the last 10 months. Some cases were particularly heartbreaking. One was a man that came in in the first wave. He never tested positive for COVID despite having uh, all the same symptoms, all the same lab work, and, and the way he clinically behaved. We all treated him as COVID. His lungs, unfortunately, progressed to kind of a fibrotic state, and he ended up with chronic respiratory failure. He had to be put on uh, a ventilator for a long time, had a tracheostomy placed, uh, and, and survived and fought through and fought through, and I became very close with he and his family. And unfortunately, despite all that stuff, he died many, many months later. I think that's one of the hard things that we've seen is even when you get through, you know, the first part of COVID and you're able to survive, you know, the nuclear bomb in a sense, there's this fallout that not many people are able to get through. Another case had a happy ending, though. One guy came in with the same degree of illness, but he survived. I remember the day that I had to put him on the ventilator. He gave me a fist bump and said, take care of me, man. And I was like, I will. And as soon as we put him on the ventilator, his oxygen saturations dropped and he had cardiac arrest multiple times over several hours. And that was probably my lowest point mentally of, of, of what it was like with COVID. Once we were finally able to stabilize him and get him over, we, we checked the tracheal aspirate. And he, what he had was a superimposed bacterial pneumonia over the COVID. And it's crazy. We're living in a world right now. Well, that, that made me happy because that's something I can actually give antibiotics for and treat. And fortunately for this guy, he, over the next few days, as sick as he was, slowly started getting better and slowly started getting better. And eventually he got to the point where he was no longer paralyzed. And then he was breathing on his own over the ventilator. And then we were able to get the ventilator off. And then we were able to work with physical therapy through some things to the point where he recently eventually discharged from the hospital to see his family. And, and, and he got married. And that's it for this week's podcast. You can find all of our previous shows on your favorite podcasting platforms. Please take some time to rate us and leave us a review. It helps other people find our content. I'm your host and podcast producer, Julie O'Donohue. My editor is Jarvis DeBerry, and our composer is Nick Wong. You can find all of our other content at lailluminator.com. Until next time, so long. In case you were wondering, Dr. Richard did get the COVID-19 vaccine. Having COVID, you know, I have antibodies and I still had those antibodies. So the thought was, is, do I not get the vaccine and try to give that to somebody else? But 
that's really not the way that they've been dispensing it. You know, it's kind of gone to people, you know, what they say, you know, on the front lines, people on the front lines first, and, and it's kind of working its way through the medical community. And, and now it's to our older, more at-risk patients. But, you know, our group came together and, and we, we all unanimously decided that, you know, if this is something that we're going to be asking patients to do, then we need to step up and do the same thing.